Welcome to Booking the Territory Season 2, where we look at the beginnings and ends, the first and last, the alphas and omegas of professional wrestling. And those crazy hog farmers, the Godwins, face off against Farouk and Crush from the Nation of Domination. All this and more emanating live from Penn Station, the home of Amtrak, where tonight it's all aboard Shotgun Saturday Night. I'm one half of your hosting duo, Dan Griffin, joined as ever by my partner in podcasting, Pissedery UTT, Rob. Rob, how are you, mate? Oh, I'm doing good, mate. I'm doing good. Uh, I did the uh, Bang Bang podcast tour uh, this week. So I went to all the uh, the famous, uh, well, I went to Bottles and Books, which looked abandoned. Now Steve's not doing the podcast anymore. Uh, <laughs> although they have been liking my check-ins, I'm on doubt. I went to Sydney and Eden uh, with Andy, uh, which uh, I think they were going to have a live recording there at one point, so... Yeah, did did uh, yeah. Uh, spent a bit of time with Andy, had a few drinks, uh, and uh, well, I, I had a few drinks before he turned up. So in fact, found a pub that gave away free cheese. Oh, very nice. You can't go wrong with that. Yeah, I uh, obviously saw your uh, your adventure on uh, on Untapped and on uh, on Twitter and that, and always good to see Andy, isn't it? He's a he's a sound lad. Yeah, yeah, yes. No, I, I had a good time in Bristol. There's uh, a lot of good pubs in Bristol, and discovered uh, left-handed giant brewery. Which is uh, a tap room uh, uh, on the river. It's uh, yeah, very well appointed, so uh, well worth a trip. Yeah, I've had a few uh, left-handed giant beers. I think uh, they are very good. And funnily enough, I'm going to be down that way-ish um, at time of recording in uh, in just over a week. So if I can uh, prevail upon uh, Mackenzie to uh, to get up to Bristol, I might go and check it out myself. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's worth a trip. Yeah, well, it'd be rude not to, wouldn't it, really? It can't all just be, uh, and I'll be down in Somerset, but it can't all just be cider, can it? Well, there are, there are cider places, um, <laughs> although there, there was, <laughs> on this street where there's a lot of pubs where me and Andy went, there was one called the Cider Press, but Andy said there wasn't much cider in there, so there wasn't any pudding. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very odd logic. Well, yeah, it just doesn't do what it says on the tin. No, speaking of what it says on the tin, uh, are you having a beer this week, mate, before we get into uh, what we're watching? Yes, I am. I am having a beer that's a collab between Rivington Brewery and Tartarus Beers. It's the Rivington Werewolf. It's a 8% double IPA. It's, it's very nice. And... Uh, if you want to drink Tartarus beers, you can log on to tartarusbeers.co.uk, put in the promo code UTTPodcast15, and you get 15% off. 
Very nice. And Rivington Werewolf is another good one. Yeah. Well, there's no bad ones from Tartarus, really, is there? No, there isn't. Yeah. And then after that, I am going for Blanca Rhodes Brew Co's Long Play, which is a bright and refreshing session IPA at 4.1%. And after that, I have Holy BB from Franklin Project. And that is a 4.8% session IPA. So, well, sessionable beers after that. Very nice. Can't be bad. Um, I've uh, unexpectedly had, uh, had family around this evening, including some extended family. And uh, uh, one of them, my, cousin, my cousin's husband, is uh, very much into his beer, much more knowledgeable than myself. Uh, so I cracked into a, a can of uh, Nephili before so that we could uh, we could all try a bit. So I tried that tonight and another of Tartarus's and... My God, that's nice. Twelve percent peanut butter and jelly stout. It's thick, syrupy, really rich from the peanut butter, but really bitter on the aftertaste, which just makes you want to drink more, which is uh, which is dangerous. And it it somehow tastes stronger than the seventeen percent Abaddon. Yeah, I mean, I, I never feel that the Tartarus beers are ridiculously alcoholic. No, if that makes sense. Because sometimes, you know, we've we've spoken a lot about Magic Rock and Demol. Which you know tastes like lighter fluid sort of thing. You, you yeah. know that's a ten percenter, and you bloody know it's a ten percenter. But mm. yeah, you, you never you don't get that in, from the Tartarus beers. That they're a lot more sessionable, <laughs> sessionable thirteen, fourteen percent beers. <laughs> it's a bit dangerous, isn't it? Really? Mm. Yeah, I just thought we'd uh, we'd we'd get that look. Because uh, for tonight, I actually have to be uh, have to be up quite early on a Saturday for once. Uh, I'm uh, I'm shifting furniture around for my granddad and running stuff to charity shops. He's had a clear out, so I'm on the Euro piss tonight. I'm just on. I've got some cans of Estrella, and I might even treat myself to a Heineken after. Oh well, we, we we've agreed to move furniture for family and uh, and uh, do general jobs tomorrow. But uh, I'm not a lightweight. This is very true. You don't believe in hangovers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, tonight we're watching, while we're drinking those beers, uh, we're watching the final shotgun Saturday night to be uh, uh, to be shot in uh, on location, as it were, aren't we? It's uh, from the uh, from the eighth of February, nineteen ninety seven, and it's in it's Penn Station in New York, I believe. Yeah, so the first five had been in nightclubs. I think episode five had gone back to the Mirage from episode one. Uh, they oh made God. a big deal about going going back, you know, and uh, then episode seven, they're going to do a clip show, basically <laughs> recapping <laughs> all the time on location. Uh, and then, the, then basically, and I think looking at it, it must have taken over from Superstars mm. because, you know, Superstars ended the same week that Shotgun Saturday Night went into the, you know, we're recording it on the same time that we're recording Raw. Mm. Um, we're going to... You know, it's arena-based. It's well, because I've watched episode seven, and I can tell you what's happened in between, etc. But they went away from the sort of crazy nightclub, you know, college demographic they were going after, and went, yeah, to, to superstars land. Well, yeah, more a traditional B show, as it were. Yeah, we should we should have had uh, Scottish Danny in for this, shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, we should have really, we should have. But uh, alas, he's not here. We, we might get him in for the first uh, the first non nightclub shotgun Saturday night. Yeah, 
Oh, well, I'll be in for a treat. I can tell you what happened on that. But before oh, we do that, do, do you have a, a beer that you'd recommend when you're watching this episode of Shotgun Saturday Night? Freddy you know what? <laughs> I'm going to throw you a curveball because I, I don't have a beer. Right. But I have a guest recommendation mm. from someone you know very well. All right. For the first time ever, I am doing Best Beer of the Week. All right, well. <laughs> she didn't actually tell me to recommend this, but she just happened to send it through. Uh, so Beth checked in at a beer earlier called Red Rose England IPA from Darkland Brewery. Uh, it's 4.3% IPA. Uh, she described it as middling, so I'm assuming she'd give it a 2.5 per, uh, out of 5 on untapped. But it's notable, one, because Beth gave it a 2.5, which means it must be at least a 7. Uh, but also, it was the very first check-in on untapped. She got an untapped whack. Oh, fantastic. She didn't even uh, mention that. And she, she wanted me to tell you on the recording just to see if you'd uh, if you'd blow your lid a little bit because I know you got a bit heated when I kept getting them. Well, I am jealous, and also she's uh, currently uh, in the in the library, and uh, she's always oh that's an awful pub, don't go there sort of thing. So uh, you know, I was a bit like, why, why are you in the library? And she's like, because it's cheap, and she's got a bloody untapped whack there. So I think she's. Uh... <laughs> She's holding that so she can go with the workmates. <laughs> She's done you, mate. She proper has. But yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's my recommendation from this week via your your better half. Uh, do you have a recommendation? Yes. Well, as this was the last on location, and most of them had been in a disco. Well, admittedly, this one isn't. I'm going for Drygate's Breweries Disco dribble which is a 5.1 percent american pale ale it's a raspberry and peach flavored uh, i've given it a 3.5 out of five on untapped and uh, beth gave it uh, one <laughs> and as we know from beth's ratings they are exactly equivalent yeah, yeah that, that, that's probably uh, probably fair that one yeah it might be but um yeah, so I don't actually know anything about this episode that we're going to cover today other than where it was from and what it um, what aired on it. Sorry, when it aired. Uh, you said you watched the rest of the episode between this. You went down a bit of a rabbit hole. Yeah, I did. So I, I gave you a bit of uh, background information on what happened on episode two when we watched episode one because I'd watched episode two in preparation to yeah. uh, see, see what that would be like. So episode three is basically the go-home show for the Royal Rumble because, you know, it's on the Saturday night and the pay-per-view's on the Sunday and uh, they're in San Antonio and they're in a nightclub that has a uh, a big electrified cactus right next to the ring. Oh, God, Shawn Michaels' country as well. Yeah, so they make the decision of taking Sonny off commentary. She's just going to be dancing in the background and nothing says cool and nightclub scene like good old JR who they bring in. <laughs> yeah. Triple H manages to stumble through a promo. <laughs> Not great. And then we've got uh, Triple H versus Rocky Maivia in a, a non-title match. Triple H is the current IC champion at that time. The fans in San Antonio are really behind Rocky Maivia, which was funny because at this point he's getting the die rocky die chance yeah so like we said for the uh, for the first episode a bit of a contrarian smarky crowd yeah yeah we get highlights from the previous week when mark marrow 
fell out with uh, Rocky in some confusion over Sable. He thought he was after his woman. Um, uh, <laughs> he, do, he doesn't have that uh, thing with Brock Lesnar, though. <laughs> like, no. he's Brock. Yeah, that, that must have been part of like, the 18-month jealous boyfriend angle then. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, the, the, someone who did fit in in the nightclub scene uh, and, you know, being raucous and just what the hell. Um, Jake Roberts comes in in the middle of the match and throws his snake in the ring. The best thing is he wasn't actually booked. No. Well, they, they go to break and, you know, it's a hot way to go to the break at that point. So that was good. And then Jake joins commentary and, yeah, Jake does a decent job on, on commentary, really. I'd actually yeah. like to see that. I might go back and watch that. Yeah, uh, so that was quite decent. Marlena comes into the ring in later on in the match. Uh, she's distracting uh, Triple H, and then Goldust runs in and chases Triple H away, and Rocky picks up a count-out win. Oh, God. Yeah, well, the crowd love the shenanigans, so, you know, that's... Uh, that's what what it is. Uh, we then see Doc Hendricks, Sonny, and Todd Pettingill doing the Macarena because it is 1997. Yeah, yeah, that's it, in 97. It was cooler than it sounds now. Yeah, Mini Mankind and Hysteria are playing blackjack, and Honky Tonk Man's the dealer, but he's cheating. He's dealing from the bottom bottom of the deck and being casually racist while he does it. Sounds about right. Fuck the Honky Tonk Man. Yeah, there's a camera in New York. Bob Backlund's confused. He's trying to find Shotgun Saturday Night. <laughs> <laughs> genius yeah yeah Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, joins commentary and uh, is being racist about Masquerade and Sagrada for, for reasons in 1997 probably we get uh, a match it's mini Mankind and Hysteria who's super crazy um, alright yeah versus Venom and uh, Masquerade and Sagrada it's uh, it's a decent match, uh, although half them half of the screen is Stone Cold's face, so you don't see <laughs> too much of it. A bit of an odd one, but okay. Yeah, that's weird. Nation domination are out after that. Crush a swats away Todd Pettingill, so that's about you know time because you know he's been annoying on all these shows. Uh, Jesse James comes to the ring singing with my baby tonight, but his microphone isn't turned on. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a quick win for Farouk against uh, Jesse James. And then we get Masquerina Sagrada playing pool badly in the background. Fair enough, because why not? Yeah. Gold Dust versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. All right. Um, Triple H is watching um, with a couple of valets of the week. And, and then um, they talk about an earlier segment with um, Terry Funk and... Austin. Now I have seen this and it's pretty decent, um, you know, from, from another clip that I found online, uh, but that's missing from the YouTube presentation of this episode. Mm. Yeah, and so I've, I've, so I've reviewed <laughs> reviewed the episode without that when I, <laughs> when I reviewed originally. Yeah, uh, Jim Ross has to admit on commentary that the rumours that they spread last week that Goldust were pregnant were wrong. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so I wonder what Meltzer reported. Um, oh dear Terry Funk runs in and attacks Austin uh, and then the locker room runs in and they have uh, a brawl in the ring Triple H is choking Goldust with a snooker cue uh, Austin throws uh, Terry Funk into a bat of beer to end the show I mean that's the way I want to go yeah it, it was it was another weird one it started quite slowly really um, and there were there were bits of the presentation that didn't feel as sort of you know 
young cutting edge as before, but it did end. It did end hot, uh, and then it you know it had the Terry Funk bits to it as well, you know. So with it all, all concerned, I, I've given that one seven out of ten. Oh, fair enough. And I was just about to say as well, everything's better with Terry Funk, especially at this time. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, the following week, uh, you know, the Fallout show from the Royal Rumble starts out with Vince McMahon and Owen Hart on commentary, which was interesting. Oh, OK, I bet Owen was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. We suddenly just dancing in the background and mankind's on the dance floor trying to pull. Um, oh, OK, not the sense I expected, but... Yeah, yeah. He gets attacked by uh, Bret Hart, and we start the match with uh, Mankind versus Bret Hart. These okay, these pretty stacked, really. Well, to, to be fair, to be fair to this to episode four, I think episode four probably has the best wrestling of any of the shows. Right. So it, you know, it's got the Bret Hart Mankind match. You know, I mean, the, there's a little bit of shenanigans going in because uh, Mankind's uh, trying to get a dancing girls in the crowd during the break and stuff and um, right. you know the top Pettingill's claiming that he's speaking to Princess Leia even though she's a random woman in a bikini Owen Hart attacks Brett when he's got the sharpshooter locked in so which causes the end of the match but it's probably the best match we've had on Shotgun Saturday Night up to this point Todd Pettingill interviews Paul Bearer who blames liquor and sex in the nightclub on mankind's paw showing. <laughs> what? So he was just having it away on the dance floor, was he? Yeah, well, that's what Paul Bearer was saying. Todd Pettengill interviews Salvio Vega, who's fallen out with uh, Crush. Uh, but Salvio cuts uh, a face promo, even though he's effectively joined the Nation of Domination, which just felt really bizarre. We end up with Rocky Maivia versus Salvio. Salvio is trying to wrestle. Well, he's wrestling face right at the start. He's still got his face gear on. He hasn't had his nation facelift. The crowd are chanting, Rocky sucks. God. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's only like, you know, after like 10 minutes, Salvio realizes a heel. Um, but the, the, when uh, after the match, Salvio and the nation beat down the rock, and the crowd are generally happy about this. <laughs> he got no chance, has he? It's just, yeah, you know, no one's told him he's turned for a heel, but they, they quite like it. So Triple H um, joins commentary. Then uh, Jake Roberts is, <laughs> comes through a packed nightclub dance floor holding his snake above his head. I mean, <laughs> acceptable in the night is our what? <laughs> Pretty much. Sorry. I'm that, as, as everybody knows, I'm that immature. As soon as I heard Jake Roberts walks around with it holding his snake over his head, I immediately thought of him just having a massive dick. Well, who knows? Who knows? Probably not with all those drugs. Um, Jake Roberts and <laughs> a match against Salvador Sencia, a quick match that ends with a DDT. Jake puts the snake on Salvatore. During the break, Triple H attacks Salvador Sencia. And then we've got uh, Cross versus Sid. So, all right. If you want to make this better, you uh, play his WCW <laughs> dub over his ring entrance. But, but the crowd loved Sid in this match. Uh, they really did. After the power bomb, Salvio and Farouk run into the ring, and Sid chases them off with a chair. Um, there's a chair shot to uh, Crush, and and it sounds like an absolute gunshot going off. 
So I don't know if they put sound effects behind it, but it sounded well. Did it sound like it came from a shotgun? Yes, yeah, yeah, quite literally. <laughs> so it, 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 it was funny, this one, because he didn't have as much, I don't know, shotgun Saturday night, wacky craziness, adult-themed programming or whatever, um, and just standard wrestling that happened to be in a nightclub, aside from the people chanting, die, Rocky, die. Um, it... <laughs> It felt a bit flat. So despite having the best wrestling of any of the shows so far, it, you know, it, it's not as good. So I, I gave that a six. Um, Fair enough. But again, yeah. I suppose the least in, the least important part of the wrestling is the wrestling, as we often say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then episode five, the hyping up, the big return to the Mirage all that time ago. They're showing highlights of the first episode after one month. God. <laughs> yeah. Paul Bearer's telling Todd Pettengill he's, he's lost mankind, but he's literally just across the street. Um, the camera pans straight to him. But and now, apparently, mankind is a sex addict. Oh, what? Yeah, Bruce Pritchard and Jim Carnett booking for you. Uh, and he's got Vader following him round, trying to uh, <laughs> basically calm him down and give him counselling. <laughs> um, put, put little mankind away. Yeah, well, 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 we've seen a lot of little mankind, mini mankind on this show. So, it's, but this was uh, yeah, ordinary. Uh, well, just mankind, mankind. So, yes, um, dude, love coming out. Yeah. Um, so, mankind joins Vince and Sonny on commentary. We get highlights of mankind accidentally hitting Vader with a chair on Raw, and then it's Vader versus Ahmed Johnson. Beef. How about a better Vader dragged um, an okay match out of Ahmed? Yeah, it was it was okay. We 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 get um, <laughs> putting my notes, mankind meanders into the ring trying to uh, go to a hot break. <laughs> it, it's not a hot break. There was no urgency behind it. It's just God. Yeah. So later on, when they come back, mankind runs in. He tries to um, hit Ahmed with the chair and narrowly avoids hitting Vader with the chair and then we get vice versa where Vader narrowly avoids hitting Mankind with the chair so they're sort of teasing it. Yeah, so they, they knew what they were doing with the story but still felt a bit a bit flat. Uh, not great. Uh, we get a scene where the headbangers are pouring hot wax on themselves because 1997. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Then later on, the British Bulldog is supposed to be facing Mankind, but Mankind won't leave the commentary desk. And Davey has to drag him off commentary into the ring. That does sound funny. So the, the, there was one nice use of the venue because, uh, it, you know, it's quite tight and stuff, and there's like a stage, and then the ring's right up against it. And there, mm. there was one bit where Mankind sort of trapped Davey between the stage and the ring. Oh, right, yeah. nice. Yeah, so, so, you know, so at least they're using some of that. Yeah, uh, picture in picture, Salvio Vega's refusing to be interviewed by Todd Pettingill. Mankind back body drops um, Davey onto the parquet floor, which looks uh, uh, awful, especially given, you know, what happens to Davey with his back injury later on. Yeah, not nice. Yeah, Vader attacks Davey while the ref's distracted and Mankind gets the win. Uh, after the match, they attack the Bulldog, Ahmed's in for the save, and he breaks a two-by-four on the top rope. What, just smashes it over the top yeah. rope and it snaps? It makes, yeah, but, yeah. Um, mm. oh, we never saw Hacksaw Jim Duggan do that. No. The two by fours were too precious to him. Yeah. 
Todd Pettingiller's interviewing Paul Bearer of Wild Davy and the Bulldog are falling out in the ring. And, you know, Vince McMahon's asking him over his <laughs> earpiece what's going on behind him. And he does his best Chris Kamara. I didn't see that, Jeff. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh, Salvio Vega cuts a promo, but uh, again, the microphone's not really working. So, and, and Vince talks over him because he gets his timing issues fucked up. That's, that might be a blessing. Yeah, yeah. Salvio's still in his face gear and stuff, so not great. Midian joins commentary. Uh, well, Dungaree Midian, I've put in my notes, so <laughs> Phineas <laughs> Godwin. At least it's not naked Midian. Yeah, yeah it's Dungaree Midian. Um, for Salvio Vega versus Jesse James, which Salvio goes on and wins. Uh, and then Mosh throws upon Frasher for reasons. Because it was 1997, and of course he did. Yeah. The Godwins uh, square dancing uh, near a podium dancer. Because 1997. Yeah, we get told that uh, the headbangers voted for Bob Dole, which uh, I'm not sure anyone got that joke in 97, let alone in 2023. I was going to say, that's... Yeah. Yeah. So in the Godwin match uh, against the headbangers... Uh, Henry tries to get uh, a clap going, but nobody in the crowd cares. Aww. Yeah, uh, and and it just uh, the show ends when they just fight to the outside, and well, there's nothing. It just just ends, like you know, and, uh-huh. and it's it's not even the YouTube thing because you know they've got that little copyright thing in the corner. Yes, yeah. uh, pretty lackluster end to a lackluster show. I gave that four out of ten. So a real mixed bag of the um, the shows that that were in. Um, the nightclubs, so to say. Yeah, definitely uh, sounds like a four out of ten. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. Now, what I have done, because episode eight was the um, clip show, I, I have watched, so episode seven was a clip show, I have watched episode eight, which was the first episode of the Shotgun Saturday Night in the Arena era. Okay. How was that? Well, starts out with highlights from Raw, where China's ragdolling Marlena. So we get our first René Goulet <laughs> spotting of the night as he runs out to stop that. <laughs> then we get the British Bulldog versus Crush with Clarence Mason in his corner. Now, a bit of a funny one here because Owen and the Bulldog are managed by Clarence Mason as well. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, what, what's going on? Uh, this week's cool commentary team are Jim Carner and Vince McMahon. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, um, Vince describes the part, the crowd as partisan. I put in my notes, apathetic might have been a better word. <laughs> Can you imagine, Jesus Christ? Yeah, I mean, they, they go into the break on an ice cold break. There's nothing happening. After the break, Owen hearts out with his slammies for reasons. Salvio trips the bulldog and holds his leg so Crush can get the pin for the win and then after after the match um, the bulldog uh, fires Clarence Mason. How dare he? Poor Clarence. Now, some, something that did interest me, I don't think... It, it fell, and it had the same voiceover guy. There was an advert for Sugar Ray Leonard versus uh, Macho Camacho, and it felt very WWF produced. Okay. I don't know if they did the advert for it, and it's weird that it's the only advert in the show, but I thought it was just worth mentioning, just because, you know, the, the video package and the voiceover and stuff felt like it, it possibly was. Could well have been, because obviously there were 
looking to, well, potentially looking to dip their toes into boxing at that point, because I know UFC, because is it shortly after this we get the like the NWA crossover and then Dan Seven and then the Brawl for All? Yeah, yeah, not not too not too far away from from all that happening. Yeah, because uh, I, I believe as well around about this time. Tyson was supposed to have come in either this year or possibly the year before, but it, it got pushed back because of his prison sentence. Yeah, 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 that does ring a bell. I'm sure I read that somewhere. I can't quite remember the timeline on it, unfortunately. Yeah. So while the advert was good and, and felt, you know, um, like a step forward, what felt like a step backwards for Shotgun Saturday night was in the arena they had up all the um, superstars marketing, so they hadn't intended this to ever be a Shotgun Saturday night. Oh, dear Lord. That's, yeah. That's bad, isn't it? That's a bad sign. Yeah. Uh, another bad sign. TL Hopper versus Gold Dust. <laughs> We're in the big leagues, big leagues, kids. Yeah, before the match, they've got an advert for the WWF magazine, which looks a lot more interesting than the programme. Because it was at this point. Yeah, yeah. Jim Cornette talks about this match being in widescreen because Goldust is doing it. And I think, you know, because they used to do that sometimes with Goldust, didn't they? They had the special widescreen effect. Oh, yeah. I thought that was just on the entrance. Well, I'm sure, well, I don't know if they plan to do it in the match, but Jim Cornette on commentary definitely talks about this match being in widescreen. Of course it was. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah, why not? Yeah, so uh, it, it, it is what it is. We get extended highlights from Raw. They, these went on for quite a while. Of um, It was supposed to be Sid versus Brett for the WWF Championship, but Austin interferes before the match. We get our second Rene Goulet sighting of the night. <laughs> the match is delayed until later in the night. We get our second Austin attack, <laughs> leading to our third Rene Goulet appearance of the night. So what you're saying is this is shaping up to be a 10 out of 10 Raw because there's so much Rene Goulet. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the best there is the best there wasn't the best there ever will be. The match finally starts. We get our third Austin attack of the night. God. Yeah, uh, at the end of the match, Sid's in the sharpshooter. We get our fourth Austin attack of the night. Okay, now. Yeah, again, Jim Connor and uh, Bruce Pritchett. Get a slow ref count, um, and Sid is the new WWF champion, and then The Undertaker comes down and has a stare-off with Sid, and they're quite significant length, these. Oh, yes, because this will be building to WrestleMania 13, won't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and, and that'll be uh, coming soon in a, in a more uh, comprehensive roundup with uh, AWI Pod's uh, new venture, I Don't Know Shit. Uh, which is a look at the life and times of Psycho Sid slash Sid Vicious. Yeah, yeah, people should really go and check that out. For sure. Um, but meanwhile, back on uh, Arena Shotgun Saturday night, we get exclusive footage of Brett Hart telling the cameraman to uh, get out of the locker room. So keep an eye on that, because uh, we'll see more of that uh, <laughs> coming up at Survivor Series. Kevin Kelly interviews Sid, who's uh, never been scared of the dark, apparently. Good for him. Yeah, decent decent promo by Sid Standards. Uh, and then we get um, Shotgun Saturday Night Stalwarts, the Headbangers versus the Godwins. Oh, God, again. Yeah. Um, I don't even know. I, don't even know I, think it, well, I think it was on a previous episode, wasn't it, you said? And 
But it just it feels like the, it's just never ending with these two on shotgun Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hillbilly Jim's with them and country star Cletus T. Judd. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bit, yeah, whoever yeah. that is. Well, I had to look him up, so, but yeah, apparently. The, and then the new Blackjacks come out and attack the Godwins and the match is thrown out. We get our fourth Renegade appearance of the night. Yes, Renegade. Yeah, uh, and then it turns into the new Blackjacks versus the Headbangers. Uh, Jim Cornette claims that JBL is Blackjack Lanza's son. Which is You're okay. Yeah. yeah. And then the Godwins run in and the match gets thrown out. Another running. Yeah, and then we get highlights from Raw where Jerry Lawler's complaining about ECW and uh, calling ECW out. And then Paul E. dangerously rings into Raw. Didn't know it was a calling show. No, nor did I. No, there, there you go. There you go. So, yeah, yeah, this, this, was, this was a pretty bad show. Um, <laughs> I've given it four and a half out of uh, ten because we've got so much Rene. <laughs> <laughs> Rene's good for an extra half a point. Yeah, a, a very big change of pace between the uh, on-location shotgun Saturday nights and the uh, arena shotgun Saturday night. Yeah, just a little bit. Jesus wept. Right, so uh, are you ready for the live watch of uh, this final on-location episode of Shotgun Saturday night? I am indeed, mate. Ready and waiting on your count. Okay, so we'll pop the link in the description. So, Shotgun Saturday Night from the 8th of February, 1997. So, when you're ready, three, two, one, go. Warning, the following programme contains action of a graphic nature. Oh, they, I think they've updated the um, graph, you know, the WWF logo. It's a lot more undertakery than... Yeah, it is. It was before. Oh, there's oh. a train there for the train spotters among you. The Amtrak 920. Mm, looks like, uh, is this the Undertaker driving it? Has the Undertaker appeared on Shotgun Saturday night? <laughs> <laughs> the, the night train to hell. Yeah. There's a crazy train plays in the background. I am guessing that he won't make an appearance on the show. And neither was dancing on the time. Mind you, Bret Hart was on, so who knows? I'd be incredibly surprised. Yeah. Well, they've got the traditional... Uh, well, they, they keep this entrance, even when they're in the arena, like, making it look as if they're in New York and stuff's happening. Really cool New York intro. Yeah. Or what? The Undertaker. Wow, it's continental championship on the line. Godwins versus the can't go with this show without bloody Godwins versus the what headbangers up next, yeah. Oh, live from Penn Station, so they've only promoted two matches. It, it looks busy away. Mm. So yeah, commute all aboard from Vince. Mm. Yeah, we hit here some on commentary, so hopefully it's gonna be Vince and Sonny rather than Jim Ross <laughs> Jim Cornet. It's quite a nice setup they've got in Penn Station, and it's very, uh, very Mall of America. Yeah, it is. It is Vince and Sonny on commentary, so that, that's a impressive start compared to some of the commentary situations we could have had. Yeah, very much so. Oh, they've found some random gum on the desk. So, yeah, that that's yeah, great. 
Godwins are in the ring, slot bucket in hand. It's the smaller ring again, so probably want to fit the bucket. Look even bigger. I love hee haw. Hee haw, right. <laughs> oh, I like that. They're coming down, the nation's coming down the steps. It's quite a good visual, yeah. actually. You know, given that, this is a really good setup in Penn Station. Yeah. I mean, it probably would have been a nightmare for commuters. Well, you know, obviously no one's commuting at this time of night, but, you know, even people well, that are... The city never sleeps. Well, apparently, yeah. Looks like Crush's fish tattoo is uh, wiping off his head. He looks, like a, he looks like a Poundland Drew McIntyre. Oh, Bloomberg's background. Can you see that? Yeah, I can, yeah. No boxcar willy tonight. <laughs> what a line on commentary from Vince. Relevant as ever. Yeah. Did you just say live from Madison Square Garden? No, Penn Station. Did you say Penn Station near Madison Square Garden? I must have done, yeah. I don't know how close that is geographically, but sounds sounds like it might be right. So it's just um, Clarence, D'Lo, a hanger-on, Crush and Farouk. There's no sign of Salvio with his uh, nation makeover. So, yeah, the, the bell rings and the match gets underway. Uh, Phineas has a slot bucket and the ref's telling him that's illegal. Yeah, it's playing with the slop. So, so Sonny's in the National Enquirer. So you can actually exit Penn Station and get right to Madison Square Garden. So yes, it's it's just there. Oh well, that's fair enough. That at least at least that's uh, at least that's something there. Has Crush still got a mullet there? I would I would classify that as a mullet. In all fairness, uh, I, I think every everyone but Farouk in this match has a mullet. <laughs> <laughs> Farouk's quite well uh, <laughs> well coiffured, but <laughs> the rest of them aren't. Yeah, uh, the, the crowd seemed quite raucous. Uh, there's actually police there. Oh, Clarence Mason's joined commentary. Yeah, strong setup. Yeah. He's warning them as well, so that there may be some legal advice. Oh, he's making people honorary mentions of the nation. So uh, I thought he was offering. I thought he was offering Sonny. Oh, Sonny is an honorary member of the nation. Well, yeah, it must be desperate. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny with Sonny though, because you know we we know what a car crash of life turns out to be later on. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, um, it, actually. Physically as well as, yeah, yeah. But, Alcohol ruins every can ruin everything, can it? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's not good, but you know, at, the, at this point, I guess all that's sort of to come. You know, you, it's difficult when you sort of judging people, but yeah. Well, as, as crime in sports would say, this is sunny at, at a peak at a most popular. This is this is great. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, so, so we've got a lock-up in uh, Shotgun Saturday Night Match. <laughs> so. Two big hosses. Yeah, you forget just how big um, Dennis Knight is, don't you? Oh, he's spit in the air, he's caught it, and he's rubbed it in his hair and on the back of his dungarees. And he's getting a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Yeah, I, I can't see any of those stocks ticking along the bottom of the tracker on Bloomberg. <laughs> I wonder if anyone was like, watching the screen. Imagine walking through the station, though, and just seeing that happening. Yeah, yeah, it, it would be a bit weird. It, it's like, mind you, I suppose at this point, it's like, you know, WCW are selling out arenas and... WWF just turn up random places. And yeah. Put a show. That'll take a ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is certainly the best match I've ever seen with Bloomberg in the background. I will give it that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems like a, a quite a new Japan crowd with the constant rounds of applause. Yeah, it does a bit, doesn't it? Uh, it's a little bit weird, but uh, yeah, I don't oh, know if people... Godwin's Godwin's just got a bit of a pop. I saw half a sign in the crowd there. We nearly got our first shotgun Saturday night <laughs> sign. <laughs> it says ass on it. Yeah, but what is the other half of it, sir? Todd Pettingill's laughing at children at ringside. Oh, right, there you go. Todd Pettingill's found a man with not many teeth in the crowd. Claiming that he's a dentist. Where's Isaac Yankin when you need him? Todd Spettingill. Oh, no, God, he's fake diesel at this point, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because we got the uh, Sisters of Mercy uh, calling them out. A tag to Farouk and uh, straight into a Phineas hip toss. Yeah. I always find it funny with these shotgun Saturday nights. Um, set up so that they'll have the ring right next to like a pillar or something or you know mm. space you know so you get a load of restricted view but yeah i don't know how many people are that desperate to see the godwins to begin with <laughs> oh salvio's here Salvio. he's got a leather jacket and glasses but he's still got his uh, <laughs> stripy top on and he still looks the same in 2023 yeah, yeah. He's, he just uh, walks a bit slower. He's a little bit larger, but we can forgive that. <laughs> yeah. I, of all people, can't criticise it. <laughs> no, well, oh, that, they've gone to break. Oh, we're in Doc Hendricks' basement. Oh, no. <laughs> that never changes any performance of Shotgun Saturday Night is Doc Hendricks is <laughs> kept away from everywhere else. Ooh, oh, Ross coming to the centre. Yeah, you get your tickets. It's kind of bizarre that they don't really do this for much promotion for tickets uh, in rest. I mean, I know that WWE are doing very well in ticket sales at the moment, but, you know, you, you would think that they'd put more effort into it to try and fill out arenas and whatnot. I th- but the thing, thing is, I think, time, you know, times have changed a lot now, and it's all done with mail list, mailing lists and pre-registers. Yeah, potentially. You know, they don't have to advertise the phone number. They don't have to advertise the dates because you can just google it there you go brett versus austin at the uh, live show that they're promoting so yeah seems pretty decent oh doc hendrix has shaved his mustache i just noticed i thought there was something wrong <laughs> oh we get a top <laughs> of the uh, <laughs> train schedule <laughs> the bit was wrong was that doc hendrix was on screen oh farouk has a, a yellow case that he's just hit Henry with so yeah 
At least they've still got the shotgun Saturday night ring apron, which was something that was missing on the first arena episode. I can't believe that. Oh, it'd, be, it'd be a different size, though, won't it? Because they had this smaller ring for shotgun Saturday night. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. It'd be a few, fle- a few fleets, a few feet short. Easy yeah. for me to say. Yes, I, I thought they were being lazy, but they probably had to uh, get someone to mock one up for them. I wonder if there's a shotgun Saturday night <laughs> option on uh, any of the games. <laughs> you know, for after. There will be when Scottish Danny uh, gets all of it. Yeah, the, the B show DLC. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Mm. Oh, a nerve hole. Nothing, nothing says. Oh, God. In the young drinking <laughs> late night <laughs> audience, like a nerve old. It, it is bizarre that they didn't think they needed to change the match style. Yeah. For all this stuff. Oh, I just saw a Nation of Domination sign. It just said NOD on it. Well, there you go. So we've had a sign. Yeah, like I say, in this environment, because I got Mall of America vibes, um, it immediately makes me think of Brian Pillman and Liger. Yes, and th- that this is not that. No, <laughs> I probably look this from it. Bloomberg <laughs> instead of the match. <laughs> <laughs> like, ooh, what's going on with that stock? <laughs> oh, we've got a face buster. Yeah. Yeah, a little. As I say, the crowd are a bit weird. Um, some of them are happy to be there, and so, some are just, I, I, I don't know, they're probably rubbernecking. They're probably walking past this was happening and just came to see what was going on. One of them's got a sign that says Mumbo Jumbo. <laughs> Mumbo Jumbo, what a sign. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just written on a bit of cardboard. They probably just made it just now. They just mm. had some cardboard with them. Just, just cranked it out. It's very punchy kicky, this match. Yeah. yeah, there's a photographer at ringside. Oh, you can see the flashlights going off. I, I wonder what people are taking pictures of. <laughs> it's a, a, an in-action shot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it going to be a hot tag to Phineas? It's going to be a lukewarm tag at best. Let's see if the crowd explodes. No, no, they don't. Nobody cared. No. Policeman's eating his lunch. That's what we like to see. Yep, good man. What a policeman? They're going after somebody. At least Vince is excited. Well, that's something, isn't it? Oh, Salvio's just tripped Phineas. Oh, and Phineas is uh, bringing Salvio into the ring. Oh, oh. Just fell, <laughs> Farouk just fell out of the ring ass first. Yeah, Crush accidentally hit Salvio. So, yeah, and, uh, well, Phineas um, <laughs> was going to do a Scorpion death drop on Crush and Farouk clotheslined him, and he still did it, but he landed on top of Phineas and got the pin. Scorpion so, death drop. <laughs> yeah, Scorpion <sloppy and> death drop. <laughs> oh, Scorpion death slop was right there. Oh, yeah. Is there an advert on that pillar? I can't quite make it. might be. I think, yeah, I think we're missing an ad here because of the quality of the recording, which is the damn shame. You know how much we like some product placement on this show. But it's a great advert for Bloomberg. 
It is. It is. Uh, <laughs> if, if not professional wrestling in general. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're saying the Miss Hillbilly Gym. So, yeah. But God, uh, if that's how bad they've got. I tell that's not a bad little crowd. No, uh, advert for WrestleMania 13. Uh, Steve Austin, Flash Funk, and the Funk oh. <laughs> Dactiles, or whatever they were called. Funkettes. Funkettes, that's the one. Bret Hart and Vader. Yeah. It's so weird this time in wrestling because there was so much good on this roster. It's almost amazing that it took them as long as it did for them to figure it out. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Sid. I mean, Sid could cut some decent promos at this point, you know, and everyone likes seeing a powerbomb. It is just really yeah. weird. You know, Sean was looking good. Undertaker, Austin, Ahmed Johnson, Farouk. The, I mean, the nation's a good idea. It's just wheeling them out every week that gets <laughs> a bit repetitive when you just see the same. Mankind <laughs> as well, you know, Mick Foley. Right. And then you've got the likes of Triple H, The Rock, and Goldust all waiting to break out. Scottish Danny's limo account, get ready. There's a limo pulling up. <laughs> I'm guessing the only one ever to appear on. Uh, Shotgun, Shotgun Saturday night. Oh, no, because we got someone. Oh, it's Triple H. Um, uh, um, backdrop someone on a limo in the first episode. Oh, yes, of course. Top Petting Gills trying to interview Triple H. Goldust wants the Intercontinental Championship. Don't undertake it. Not Goldust. Top Petting Gill has a microphone on his headset and a microphone in his hand. <laughs> it's a bit redundant, isn't it? Uh, I do like this entrance down the stairway, though. Yeah, I do. The full, the full limo turn up, and and you know he gets to pose at the top. Yeah, yeah, that 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 is decent. And it, it, you know, Bert opens all old to joy <laughs> as he comes. <laughs> to I mean, he, he was sort of. Yeah, you know, he is a crappy gimmick, but he's sort of working it at this point, isn't he? Yeah. You know, it's it's not not as cheesy as perhaps once it was. Where is China? Because she's already appeared at this point. Thinks his Hunter Samsung thinks his pits don't stink. Well, I mean, there may be some. Uh, maybe he's wearing Lynx Africa. That's <laughs> <laughs> where China is. I don't know. She's, she's, uh, I've got a feeling she'll appear in the match. Uh, no, I, well, you know, she's already taken Marlena out, so, you know, who, who knows? We've seen a lot yeah. of golf shows, so he, he was yeah. a, a perennial. Uh, I don't know if we're going to see Terry Funk uh, come in. Uh, WWF sign in the uh, style of NWO. And the Austin 316 sign. How does Taker's entrance work in this environment? Oh, well, the, yeah, yeah. Bong has uh, bonged. <laughs> yeah. He's getting a decent uh, reception, though. Mm. Yeah. Uh, is he going to come down the escalator rather than the stairs? <laughs> it's a choice. It's a choice. It's one I respect. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, he's sort of moving slowly to the ring. <laughs> It's a bit WrestleMania um, 3, isn't it, with those little carts that they had, but it's just on the <laughs> version. Yeah. Is he actually going to do it? Oh, yeah, there he goes. Oh, have they turned the escalator off? They must have done. 
Yeah, they have. Well, that is a shame. Sunday just going to walk through the crowd, is he? Yeah, well, man of the people is John Moxley. Wow thing. Do, do, do. <laughs> he did just rip right through the police tape. He did. Well, yeah, as he's on the shotgun Saturday night uh, branding. Oh, they're all over it. Oh, this is like DDP and WCW in 1997 coming to the ring. Here. That, was, that is probably the coolest thing to happen. Yeah, and then they went to break and uh, straight into the ring. So, yeah, not a bad way to go to break, to be fair. No. No one was expecting that. And you were saying, how, how's The Undertaker going to do his spooky entrance here? But it, it looked quite decent, actually. Yeah, it did. I'll give him that. <laughs> the only thing was the escalator not working. <laughs> Stood at the top of it going, what, what, what? Yeah. <laughs> Those strikes on the replay was very, uh, that was very modern taker, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, where well, he thinks he's an MMA taker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To be fair, we didn't expect we'd see The Undertaker on Shotgun Saturday night. We thought he didn't do <laughs> his piddling B-shows. So, in all fairness, that this is something we weren't expecting. I, I never expected to see... Oh, Undertaker's yeah, thrown Triple H into the referee and the ref's gone down forever. So, I don't know if there's some shenanigans now. This is where I expect China. Triple H has rolled into the ring with the IC title and belted The Undertaker with it. You don't get that satisfying uh, noise that you get on the game. By <laughs> <laughs> like the ring bell going off when they hit them. Uh, and then... Stuart another break already. Jesus! That was only seconds, wasn't it? You know, obviously they have to roll with the punches of what the networks want or whatever, but we can only have got like one minute there between breaks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. The referee's still dazed and confused in the background. Mm. Triple H seems to have uh, taken the ascendancy in the match so far. So I don't know, I mean, these were the only two matches that were advertised, so unless we're going to get something made up, you know, the last minute, that this could go quite long. Yeah, because they've got 26 minutes to fill or so. Yeah, well, you know, they, they may be promoting the clip show next week. <laughs> it doesn't feel like a dying concept so far, this episode, does it? No, far from it, actually. Yeah, the opening match was a bit ropey, but it's an opener. It's not necessarily going to be the best in thing in the world. And the Godwins were actually over. Yeah, well, bizarrely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. weird. Yeah, so someone hadn't had enough of the Godwins. <laughs> I don't know. Late at night, drunks in a station. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who who hasn't had enough of the Godwins so far? And someone puts their hand off, I'll say. <laughs> Mm, a ravishing Rick Rude style neck break from Triple H there. Yeah, it was very, I think I just need a time check because I um, I pressed a button on my <laughs> accidentally on my keyboard and skipped back a little bit, so I've had to catch up. I'm on 21, 42, 43, 44, 45. Right, okay, I'll skip right 23 and um, 44, 45. Right, I'll just, yeah. pause, I'll just pause for four seconds. No, I'm with you now. I've skipped. Right, Undertaker's just. Twatted Triple H. Yeah, and Turnbuckle. I love that no self from Taker. Yeah, well, yeah. 
It's a funny one, the no sell, because while it does look cool and the crowd are like, you know, you fucked up or whatever, it's not realistic, is it? That doesn't happen in a boxing match. Can you imagine halfway through? I, I don't know you say that. I've seen a few Derek Chisora fights recently where he's he's taken some hellish punishment and just seemed to power his way through it and just be, you know, get more get more dominant as the match goes on. Triple H went for a second belt shot, but he didn't get it. The referees shout, oh, <laughs> take a go to the referee with the belt. Oh, hits Triple H. Yeah. yeah, Undertaker's been disqualified. Triple H is <laughs> on the mat having his arm raised. What's the danger Sakura with the spatula? <laughs> Scrape him off the mat. Undertaker, Undertaker never held the Intercontinental title, did he? No, no. Undertaker seems to be watching Bloomberg. <laughs> he's just stood. He was just stood there staring at the screen for a while. <laughs> what you can't see is uh, John Bradshaw's uh, stood in the back, actually watching it, what's going on and taking notes. Yeah, yeah. Well, the new Blackjacks are around. Oh my! I mean, oh. it, it looked like it actually looked like he was holding him up with one hand for the choke slam there. And I know there's yeah. assistance and whatever and sleight of hand in that move, but it did look like Taker was holding him up there. It looked badass. I, I love those kinds of choke slams. And it was it um, Big Show was always one for that. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, um, Jade Cargill came back to AEW this week and uh, was uh, choke slamming some jobbers like that. Which is oh, what did she? Yeah. Well, I'd seen something saying she was leaving, so I, I, I yeah, was so surprised to see her come back. So, so they played that one well. <laughs> Did you come back on, on when on Dynamite? Collision. Ah, oh, Collision. Okay, that'll be why it's not head over it because uh, Pig's Bladders no, no, no. had. Uh, oh, Chaser with the Tombstone. So, this is last week's Collision that's just aired in the UK now. Oh, he's going to Tombstone him at the top of the escalator. Now, this is why ah, this is why the escalator's turned off because otherwise it would Otherwise, Triple H is scalped. Oh, no, it is. It is turned on now. Triple H oh, Jesus. rolling down. That's brilliant. Polishing his shoes on the thing. They had to lift the tape. The referees are trying to pick him up before he gets trapped in the bit at the bottom. <laughs> Excellent. That's amazing. Yeah, that, that was a great spot, that was. I, this is, I can't believe this is the last location one. Yeah. This is, this is good. They've been mercurial, though. You know, it's like I said, the, you know, there's that show I was giving, you know, with Terry Funk, um, mm-hmm. I get in um, San Antonio, it's like 7 out of 10, but some of them have been really ropey. Mm-hmm. So, I don't, and it, because they went out in syndication as well, so it's really difficult to get the audience for them because they weren't shown on network television or cable or whatever. They were just on the local networks. So... It's difficult to know how successful they were, but yeah. it, it it really feels like there's something here with this presentation of Shotgun Saturday Night, even if they sometimes fall flat on the face with it. Do you know what? If it almost feels like this could work in terms of what they tried to do with Raw Underground. Yeah, yeah. If they, if they did that, you know, if they had an hour, I mean, it's difficult because they want to sell tickets or whatever, um, you know, but. If, if they could do something. And, well, it's just a shame they don't have WWF New York anymore because, you know, they, they could have mm-hmm. used that, you know. But oh, you know, it's um, PJ Polocco, um 
just incredible slash what was his bloody name in this gimmick with his underpants on his head <laughs> the portuguese man of war aldo malta mantoya was yeah yeah aldo mantoya yeah oh salvio's out again with his matrix gimmick he Two hates years before the matrix days he's that jimmy car jokes that he hates he doesn't like the one-liners How has this followed Undertaker and Triple H? Well, I mean, this is a future ECW champ right here, Dan. You know, this, well, this is point. where's Jasmine Sinclair <laughs> managing me in background. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got Matrix Salvio, uh, although once he takes his coat off, he's just normal Salvio. It's like he needs to figure out how to wrestle in the jacket. Yeah. Well, he, need, he needed new gear, but he didn't get... Well, both of these characters need new gear, to be fair. Yeah, yeah all the Montoya's isn't brilliant. No. No, it's not. Oh, Clarence is back. Yeah, well, he's, he's earning his money. Well, he needs to after Bulldog and Owen fired him. Yeah. See, at least with the start of this match, Montoya... There we go, we get a dive to the outside. Montoya's already picked up the pace, so we're getting, we're getting something very different, and now he's going to the top. This is the style that would have fit in with this. Yeah, yeah, Aldo Montoya. Well, the problem is he's not got the gimmick to back it up. And this is, you yeah. know, I mean, there's certain people who feel very shocked on Saturday night, like your Jake Roberts and your Terry Funks. Mm. And you have certain people who really don't, like the Godwins and... <laughs> Aldo Man, well, the gimmick of Aldo Mantai. I mean, please, you know, if this was just incredible, he would feel very shocked tonight. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Yeah. I, I still read. Still... Oof. That was a chop. Yeah, chop, chop and a half. There you go. It's, uh... I was gutted. They were saying on the, that Peter Crouch podcast about footballers that would fit in at a barbecue and all the sort of names there, and they never mentioned Paolo One Chop. <laughs> oh, what a legend! Yeah, sounds like it'd fit in a barbecue though. That's uh, yeah. Uh... Montoya's uh, dazed and confused. Oh, Clarence Mason's back on commentary, but he's not saying anything. So you've got a great talker and you've got him there to say nothing. Brilliant. Savio Vega's really slowed down the pace of this match, which uh, yeah. was the one SP that it had. <laughs> That's enough excitement. Careful now. <laughs> <laughs> None of this <laughs> down with this sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Don't want them getting too excited. Yeah, they, they might start appreciating wrestling if we <laughs> get them too excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we don't want to gain any fans off the back of this. <laughs> I just can't believe Taker Triple H wasn't the main event. It's bizarre, isn't it? I, I, well, when these two came out, I thought... Whoa. Is this... Oh. Sorry, yeah. I forgot about Savio doing that kick. <laughs> Montoya's looks like he's uh, seeing stars. I'm surprised his nose is still attached. When I saw these two come out, I did wonder if this was just going to be a squash match and then we would get you know, something else. 
I'm now wishing it was a squash match. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, a bit bizarre that it's going on as long as it is. We've Although, still got 15 minutes left. Yeah, the, the one thing I'd say about the Undertaker-Triple H match, because it's over the break, at least you can try and maybe keep the audience through the breaks with it being more interesting or, or certainly more interest to the audience. True. Yeah, that's a fair way to think about it. Are the crowd chanting We Want Suplexes? No, they're chanting We Want Too Cold. Or Too Cold? Or what's going on here? they found someone with a shitty WWF shirt on. And he's got a Todd Pettingill figure in his pocket. I think it's Vince. Oh, it's a Vince figure from 1987. There you go. Brilliant. <laughs> with his uh, WWF announcer's jacket on. Couldn't see. Terry in the crowd who's got a figure in his pocket like an absolute nutter. Yeah, well, he's probably the only wrestling fan in this audience, to be fair. Yeah. Oh, we got the Vince, we got the Vince, yak, 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 fake laugh. Uh, well, because there was a discussion and he was telling Sonny that was back when he had hair. <laughs> Which, considering what he's doing to his hair now and painting his eyebrows on <laughs> And put an extra eyebrow on his top lip. Oh, Crush and Farouk are walking down the stairs. I'm getting the steps in today, aren't they? Mm. This is the time they've been out. Oh, we're going to the break now. Bit of a cold. It's pretty cold, isn't it? I think in their minds it was hotter than it was. I quite like that camera angle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, from the balcony. Yeah, that, that was yeah. pretty good. That, yeah. I, I always oh that kick from Savio. Yeah, I, oh, I always yeah. like when they do. Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say I always like when they do those balcony shots because you know it shows how many people are there. And it, you know, mm. it's. They figured out what the advertisement is on the pillar. What is it? It's for Amtrak, the rail Am- operator. There you go. Just a shame it's not Amway. You could have a Chavo Guerrero on the show. <laughs> Given that they're in a station, it makes more sense, though, for Amtrak. Well, it depends if you want to buy uh, some emergency Nitro Girls gear, as uh, Rhonda Singh did. Ah, Rhonda Singh. She was good. Oh, there you go. Vince was talking about Sugar Ray Leonard and stuff, so maybe maybe there is some tie-in with the the, the cross-promotion. It was Sugar Ray Leonard versus Macho Camacho, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if that took place at Madison Square Garden. Then maybe though it's an MSG tie. Maybe it is, but there's obviously I don't know. Maybe they're just paid to advertise, and you know they've done, they've used some of their promotion abilities to create the video package or whatever. Okay, Leonard versus Camacho actually took place at at the convention hall in Atlantic City. All right. Okay. At Trump. Trump. Oh, God, the Godwins are back. Oh, shit. I've still got the slot bucket. Nobody cares. The crowd are like, oh, God, who's this? Why aren't the police escorting them to the back to get some better booking? <laughs> <laughs> Can we say that the Godwins killed the uh, on location? Yes, <laughs> yes, we can. Saturday night, yeah, it look, looks like they're about to kill it. I mean... 
Yeah. Ah, right. I found out why they keep mentioning Sugar Ray Leonard and, and the Sugar Ray Leonard Camacho fight. Right. Uh, Titan Sports was the pay-per-view distributor. Ah, right. Okay. Well, yeah, it did feel, you know, very WWE. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. Not that I'm uh, ignoring what's going on, but this was uh, Sugar Ray Leonard in, in very much a wrestling way. Uh, coming out of retirement for the fourth time. Right, right. So it should have been against Terry Funk. <laughs> that would have been. Yeah. But <laughs> it was to face. Uh... <laughs> you know, the loser has to <laughs> say he's not going to retire until he actually does. Oh, it's kicking off between, it's kicking off between the Godwins and the Nation. Yay! Well, Henry's in. Savio got involved. And... Yeah. Aldo Montoya's hiding behind Henry. Oh, please don't make this a six-person tag. Oh, th- this is what would happen on Raw or SmackDown today. Yeah. Oh, no, they're saying the crowd. Oh, God. So, back no. to the boxing. Right, we're going to the break. Oh, um, there's an advert um, just for the WWE in general, yeah. Mark Marrow and Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vader. All oh, right, Austin Vader, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to make matters worse, Bret Hart's on commentary. Episode of WWF Superstars. Yeah, don't, don't miss Shotgun Saturday night when it moves to 11 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to stay on at 11. We're guaranteed we're going to be on at 11, but we're changing from p.m. to a.m. Shotgun Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> so with that with that fight between Sugar Ray Leonard and Hector Camacho, yeah, Leonard was forty years old and hadn't fought since not losing to Terry Norris in nineteen ninety one. Right. So he'd been retired for six years, and Camacho hadn't won a major world title fight since nineteen ninety. Brilliant. But he'd captured, but he'd got the I, the IBC middleweight title after beating Roberto Duran in, in June '96. All oh, right, okay. But the That's... IBC the IBC isn't a major title, and Roberto oh, Duran uh, a name wasn't he? Roberto Duran in '96 was 45 years old. Well, still a name. <laughs> still a name, but it's old for a boxer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so especially it's... in the lighter weight class, that was a nice DDT. This is why Titan Sports were promoting it. Yeah, Aldo Montoya uh, in the six-man that nobody needed. Mm. Triple H stole... Who stole a man? Oh, right, okay. There's uh, a member of the crowd that's stolen. Uh, no, there's uh, two women fighting in the crowd. Why not? I, I, would, rather have, I would rather have watched that than the six-man match with... Uh, been given with the the nation versus the Godwins and Aldo Montoya. Uh, for what it's worth, Hector Camacho won the uh, won with a a technical knockout in the fifth round. Right. Okay. Yeah. And and uh, <laughs> WWE promoting boxing jumped the shark. Yeah. Although actually, Hector Camacho's next fight after that, he went on to fight Oscar De La Hoya. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. And Sugar Ray Leonard retired for good. Wow. Well, they tried. They tried, bless them. They did. 
Yeah, just just like the first and first and second incarnation of the XFL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now we're on the third out with the Rock involved. What they should have done, you know, we wheeled Sugar Ray Leonard out of retirement. They should have got him to change his name to Ico Pro Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> don't think Ico Pro could have saved him. Oh, I don't know what can save this shotgun Saturday night. <laughs> it's like. It's in a great location. You know, we've had that Triple H Undertaker match and now we've got this and it won't end. It's the, just... second, the second Godwins match. Yeah. What's better than one Godwins match on the show? Norm. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I will say that Clarence Mason's commentary is quite good. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's doing well. He's staying in character. He's staying on point. He's... He's hyping his guys, you know. He's doing what he should do, and then and having his having his ridiculous biases, but he's arguing him like a lawyer. <laughs> we haven't had too much shotgun Saturday night craziness, have we? I mean, we had um, you know Sonny saying that she was going to be uh, in a magazine or whatever, but which is probably a lie. But I'm surprised they haven't had the haven't tried to have like the photo shoot put up on the big screen or something daft like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, obviously this is a Bloomberg sponsorship, but it would have made more sense if they could have borrowed these big screens to show stuff in the background. It, like it is matches. Yeah, that, that we've just done better matches. Yeah, it's like those QVC episodes. There's a, there's a boring chant. Well, the, the people like civil engineering in New York. There's a boring chant, and Vince just said, oh, the fans are bored with the nation of domination. Oh, yeah, it's the nation that's the problem here, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, I just do not understand the obsession with hog farmers at this point. I'll, it's I'll a don't... private sports thing. It's Vince's obsession with overalls. Well, he does love them. He does love Dungaree Midian. Put these overalls on, pal. Yeah. Oh, God. That's Hillbilly Jim. Nothing, nothing says cool in 1997 like Hillbilly Jim. They're, they're working class. They wear overalls, God damn it. Yeah. I, I, know, I know this match can't have gone on like three hours, but it feels like it has. Yeah. I can't remember a time when this match wasn't happening. <laughs> So do you remember a little while back when I was saying that there was like 15 minutes left to fill? Yeah. There's still five minutes left to fill. Yeah. 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 Uh, and the, the, the annoying thing about this is when I saw Aldo Montoya and Salvio, I thought, all right, this is going to be a squash and we're going to get a, a, you know, a decent main event to round this show off. No. And there was so much promise in Triple H Undertaker. There was. There was. And so you would think that have used some of this opportunity as well to, you know, ha- have a bit of that shotgun Saturday night craziness. Or, or do you think they're already resigned to it? Do you think they're already resigned to We're going to transition this into quite a stale wrestling show, <laughs> traditional. Uh, yeah, I re- think at this point they knew. Yeah. But nobody yeah. cared. It's bizarre, though, because this is... It's the way the industry goes. Yeah. I don't know if it's the, you know, the Jim Cornette and Bruce Pritchard wanting to say, well, we tried, but 
It didn't work. It's just strange. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who thinks this is a good idea. And it's not even as if you can say, right, you know, like, this is what Jim Cornette likes from wrestling. You know, we've watched those Smoky Mountain wrestling and they had more going on. Yeah. Yeah, they did. It's, yeah. I suppose it's, it, it, who is it, Cornette and Pritchard? And then, yeah. it, and then it goes through the uh, the great filter. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know, because it seems to me that Vince was at least sold a bit on the idea that it had to go more adult and do more programming aimed towards that. Mm. This seems to almost have gone the other way. It's like Vince has said to them, you know, you have to be more edgy, you have to do stuff that's going to appeal to um, the demo, you know, and, uh, you know, the, the late night crowd. and. Yeah. Feels like the filters raining it back in, so <laughs> crappy bar in wrestling. <laughs> was that a three count? Oh, it was. Oh, thank God. I don't, I don't we've know. Got, we've got one of the hog farmers just chasing one of the nation members up the stairs. I don't think there was a bell at the start. I was going to say there was a bell at the start. <laughs> there was a bell at the end. I think there was a match in the, the middle. The match, the match starts with the first pinfall. Yeah, well, we, we, I'm gutted we didn't get the actual commercials because they would have been far more entertaining. Yeah, they would have been. Yeah. So they're still on the air. They don't realise. Oh, they've gone to Sonny and Vince on commentary. Yeah, Sonny actually figured out, oh, there you go, the slop. That was the worst slop throw I've ever seen. Yeah, so slopping people in the back. They've covered Pat Patterson. Oh, Pat Patterson with- got it. Yeah, yeah, a lovely woolly jumper there. Did he just try and take his glasses off that he's not wearing? Yeah, they did. I thought he was wearing, mind you, you know, I've done that myself. I tried to put my sunglasses over my glasses today. <laughs> oh, I'm wearing glasses. So it happens to the best of us. But nice to see Pat Parson. Yeah. Oh, Pat Parson's going to come out. That, that's a lovely Christmas jumper. Yeah, you're well. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's still wearing it with a with a roll neck uh, <laughs> jumper. Yeah. Is that a, is that a cardigan actually? No, I think I think it's uh, just an ordinary. Uh, yeah. Oh, we're getting a replay of the tombstone at the top of the escalator and slow mo of Triple H going down the escalator. Brilliant. That's I've, what I've, I've watched too many. I've watched too many horror films. I've, I've watched too many Saw movies. <laughs> I was just expecting him to be scalped. Yeah. I don't imagine they've done a health and safety assessment on this. <laughs> oh, great. More Pettingill. Todd Pettingill interviewing. Oh, were, were, were the, these were the, um, what were they called? The Guardian Angels? Something like that. I'll be honest, I thought it was a Brooklyn brawler. No. Uh, well, when Crossman went to WCW, they repackaged him as the Guardian Angels. They were like a. I don't know if they're maybe not as bad as vigilantes, but like a group that was like keeping New York safe. Right. So people would feel safe to go about at night, that kind of thing. Fair enough. But uh, there you go. So waving off to Penn Station, and that is the end of an era. That was bizarre. Yeah, the crowd get to go home. They're very excited about that. 
get a replay of Pat Patterson uh, at gorilla position. Yeah, a little peel back of uh... nothing sums up shotgun Saturday night better than a middle-aged man covered in slop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't, does it? You know, normally, well, uh, I was going to go through uh, uh, the awards, but before we do that. A couple of adverts on the show. Obviously, we've got Bloomberg <laughs> quite, quite prominently throughout the show, uh, and which was at some point more interesting than what we got on the show. In all fairness, you could have watched Bloomberg in the background. We've got the Amtrak advert in the background. So, you know, at least there was a little bit of uh, cross promotion there. So, topical. Yeah, all, all to the good. In terms of shout outs that we've had for the show, Got um, a shout-out from um, Graham at um, Good Cop, Bad Cop uh, Wrestling, uh, asking us, would we dip our chips in Guinness? No, I wouldn't dip my chips in Guinness. That looks really rotten. To be fair, and I'll point this out, you do get beer-battered chips, so technically... No, you get beer-battered onion rings. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, I've dipped onion rings in Guinness. No, no problem. No, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Mark from the Project Football Podcast listed as uh, as a, a great podcast and uh, one that he'd been a guest on, and uh, we're glad to have you on the show, Mark, and have to do that again in the future. Yeah, we will we'll give you something better than uh, better than Thunder to watch. Yeah. <laughs> well, just, just thank your lucky stars you haven't watched that one Saturday night with us. <laughs> yeah. There's been a chat about our um, review of the Impact 1000 episode. Uh, King's Plague Bladders uh, was excited to review the show with us, and uh, uh, I think he's uh, angling to review episode 1000. Yeah, I've seen that. I think Chris Bellis as well. Uh, he was getting in on that action. I, uh, I, I said quite possibly he might be able to tie in towards the uh, the end of October because I'm attending the the impact invasion tour. Oh yeah. yeah. I might even I might even be able to do some on location uh, recordings. I'm attending a couple of the shows with Lauren and one of them with uh, with Tax so Yeah very good. Who knows? Good. We'll see we'll we'll see how things pan out and how drunk I get. Yeah. Um as you say, um Chris Bellis had uh, said about covering Episode 1000 and Pig Blads has posted the Monty Python nudge, nudge, wink, wink, say no more. <laughs> Danny at Scottish Juggalo had posted TNA UTT, TNA UTT. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that Danny mentioned earlier today in a, in a group chat as well that, or oh, today or yesterday, that, that he's got back into impact thanks to me and Pig's Bladders talking about it. So glad to have Danny back on the bandwagon. Yes, definitely, definitely. Uh, we've got the usual shout-out from the uh, Work in Progress uh, guys uh, as well, so go and check out everything that they do. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, they've got the new Sid show, but, uh, yeah, a lot of quality content going out over there. Yep, I uh, just quickly as well on, on AWI Pod. I was listening to one of their shows. I think it was Mayor of Superstars, and they were just having a bit of a preamble and... and They'd got talking about AEW. 
and I think it was Brent said uh, something along the lines of, "I don't, I don't talk about AEW because I don't watch it. Uh, so if I talk about it, I'll sound like a stupid asshole." <laughs> and I just thought that was, <laughs> I just thought that was wise words to live by that more of the uh, internet wrestling community should take note of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and uh, obviously we, we normally get a shout out from the guys at the Ring of Honor Re- uh, Revelry podcaster. Uh, and high five Tom and so thank you very much for that Tom did contact me today uh, about uh, when we're going to do a crossover episode uh, I said with various things that I've got going on it, it might be best to uh, look at November onwards and uh, he, he said that was perfect because he was hoping that the Brewers were going to make a um, run for the playoffs because he's uh, going away and would miss the playoffs so <laughs> 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 And if there's one thing we're fans of here on UTT, is Brewers doing well. Yeah, exactly. We, we, we very much enjoy Brewers, so we're up the Brewers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so fingers crossed. Fingers crossed for them to uh, make some playoff games that they'll miss. So. Excellent. <laughs> so now it's time for the award section of the show. So, match of the night, Undertaker versus Triple H, by any chance? Uh, funnily enough, yes, absolutely yes, because yeah. it was it was the only one that entertained me and didn't involve the Godwins. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, what was your moment of the night? Uh, oh, it's got to be Triple H being tombstoned on the escalator. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is going to be a clean sweep show, isn't it? Um, <laughs> who who was your MVP of the show? I've actually given it to Clarence Mason. Ooh for pulling the double shift on commentary and actually being decent. You know, Vince isn't a great commentator. He's very enthusiastic, which is, you know, he's absolutely part of being a commentator, but I've never been a massive fan of him, you know, apart from, you know, to have a bit of a laugh at for the 80s-ness of it all. Um, Sonny did well, as she did in the first episode, Uh, but just having that third voice there and, and someone to talk a bit of sense, but like I say, he stuck to his task. It was, you know, he was behind his guys, but even for a heel, he he made some sense, and it's never, it's always annoying when a heel makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So I would give my uh, MVP of the show's Triple H for taking that bump down the escalator. (laughs) Fair enough. You can see that, yeah. Why not? To be fair, th- this point, you know, I mean, the, the, you know, this is like when Triple H is just about the point is getting China in his corner. He's maturing from that cheesy Connecticut blue blood gimmick towards the DX gimmick. He's on the mm-hmm. cusp, but, you know, the presentation's looking a lot better, that sort of thing. So, yeah, uh, I think uh, is the one, really. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah. fair. What about sign of the night then? Because I've, there's only one for me. Well, I'm going for the sign that was the it was WWF, but in the NWO font, and you know, small W, large W, small F. In that case, you said it was going to be a night of clean sweeps. It's definitely not because we're on our second disagreement in the world in a row. Because mine is the mumbo jumbo sign written on cardboard. Excellent. Uh, you know, that was another good show. I did that. I have that one written down. Yeah, rustic. Yeah. Tori Wilson Award. It's got to be sunny. Yes, well, yeah, we're back into clean sweep land now, aren't yeah. we? <laughs> yeah. Three out of five. Yeah, yeah, very, very voluminous 90s hair, that, you know. 
channeling a bit of the Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. René Goulet Award. I mean, um, on the episodes I watched earlier, René Goulet would have got the René Goulet, but it wasn't on this show. Yeah. It's a little bit difficult, this one, because the, the, an honourable mention for the nation member with the, the the sort of the flat top. All right, okay. I like that. Strong haircut. I liked it. But in the spirit, the true spirit of the you unbooking the territory, René Goulet Award for Outstanding Haircut of the Night, I have to give it to a mullet. And it has to go to the first one I noticed, which was Crush. Yeah, yeah, tra- transitioning that prison mullet, prison mullet, Crush, yeah. <laughs> yeah. prison mullet. And I think we have, you know, given various incarnations of Crush, <laughs> Rene Goulet's. I'm going to give it to, you know, because we only start with slopping, so it only counts that way. I, I, I'm going to give it to Pat Patterson. <laughs> Fair enough. Do you know what? Not someone I considered, but that's a strong contender especially with the chunks. Yeah, well, it was nice to see Platt Patterson. It, it really was. It really was. So what would you rate this show at a 10? Not a lot. <laughs> uh, it, it does get points for the venue and for the uniqueness of it and, and for the entrances and whatnot. And the commentary was all right. And, and Clarence Mason did well. And the Undertaker, Undertaker Triple H match was good. But there was just too much Godwin's. So it gets, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but it is, for the most part, aggressively mediocre. So it gets a far from me. Yeah, I, I was kind of in that ballpark. I was thinking, if it hadn't, yeah, uh, it would probably strayed lower if it hadn't been for the, the, the Triple H stuff. And, and it was really annoying that there wasn't any sort of crazy story. They'd given up. They'd given up on the concepts at this point. Yeah. We did get one decent match, and the the venue was great. Undertaker's what? entrance, Undertaker's entrance was great. People coming down the stairs w- was great. It looked really good. You know, they, they started with everything in their favour, uh, and you know, f- bloody hog farmers and. Yeah, uh, you know, the rest of it. I mean, they, they warmed the crowd up with a dark match with um, the uh, headbangers. headbangers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, and it just went downhill from there, really, didn't it? And, you know, but yeah, the, the Triple H Undertaker is worth checking out. Not Nothing else is. Would it surprise you that the community vote on Cage Match has given this show an average mm. of 2.5 out of 10? Uh, no, it wouldn't surprise me. No. To be honest, because they are quite smarky. And, but, you know, I can see why somebody would get to that from this because it really is Triple H and Taker that saves it and it's not a massive proportion of the show. Yeah. Um, so we did a live watch along here. So um, yeah, I haven't seen anything in advance. So I, I, will, I will put the power in your hands now, Dan. Right. What moment... Should Steve or book a better? Oh, God. It, it's, got, it's got to be the moment of the night. It's got to be Triple H getting tombstone on the, uh, uh, on the escalator. Hunter Hearst template. And the Undertaker. Right up the stairs. Hot on his heels. Literally. Oh, no. Oh, no. Helmsley. 
trying to get back to that limousine out there waiting for him. <laughs> and the Undertaker is not slowing up. He's right on his tail. And no, 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 no. Oh, no. In a match he will never forget. Wow. Live on Shotgun Saturday night, The Undertaker with a tombstone pile drive, and Hunter Hearst Helmsley will never forget the night he successfully defended Intercontinental Championship, but paid dearly. But I want Steve O to book a Triple H's internal monologue. As he's been tombstoned. If it was Booker T. As if it was Booker T, yeah. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. Let me tell you something, Cole. You better Booker it better. And that noise right there means it's time for Steve Ross to Booker it better. <laughs> well, let me tell you something, Michael Cole. The Undertaker, the Phenom, Triple H. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. They're going up the stairs. They're going up the stairs. Oh, my. Triple H, you better get away. Triple H, you better get away. Because at the end of the day, Triple H said, oh, wait a minute. Oh, my goodness. I don't believe it. The other thing, don't do it, Take. Don't do it, Take. Oh, my goodness. He's done it. He's just pow drive tombstone. Oh, Michael Cole, get me out of here. Oh, my Good. Well, <laughs> uh, obviously we put that in post uh, production. So thank you very much, uh, Steve, for for doing that after after like you know two weeks after we've recorded this episode. Yeah. But you're an absolute star, mate, and uh, we really appreciate you going above and beyond for some of these daft requests that we give you. We do. Thanks a lot. Uh, yeah, I blame the beer for being for it being such a weird pick. Yeah. So where can people find you, Dan? You can find me on Twitter at DanGriffin21, usually tweeting about wrestling that's a minimum six weeks out of date or movies that are 25 years out of date. If you want to hear more of me talking about stuff, I'm over on the SJP World Media Network uh, doing the Doctor Who pod with Sire Powell, where we look at one episode or serial per Doctor per series, seeing what lands for me with the classic Who stuff as a modern fan and the reverse for Sai. And I'm also on the volley with the magnificent Matt Lewis and Connor from Matt Connor Knows Footy, bringing you all live alternate commentary for Premier League games and no doubt in the future, expanding into Champions League and, and other bits and pieces and, and doing uh, audio podcasts as well. Superb, superb. You can follow me at UTT Roberts from the Mother of Mutuals and it is about the followers. So I'm absolutely more than happy to follow back on the same channel that you listen to this. You can hear the One Man's Meat podcast with. Danny at Scottish Juggalo and the real Chris Bellis, and they're going through the forgotten storylines of wrestling, wrestling, some anarchy that must love, that kind of thing. At time of recording, they do have another side project in the works. Um, the swans of secrecy about it, but I'm sure it will be well researched and entertaining. So again, really worth checking out. In terms of our own side projects, uh, we are on the road to Wembley. 
1981. So 80 million viewers uh, were following every match that Big Daddy and Giant Haystack have on their, their road to one of the most watched wrestling matches of all time and, and having a lot of fun in the 70s. And our second side project, we're going even earlier in the 70s, we're going to the early 70s and following legitimately one of the hardest men that ever lived, the clown prince of British wrestling, Les Kellett, in Kellett Club. We are, and it's been a hell of an education for me. I've seen a lot of stuff that I've never seen before from British wrestling, and it's just wonderful to go back and look at, particularly Les Kellett, because that man, every time, every match I've seen of his just brings me so much joy, and obviously from a historical perspective, there's not much really more important in... in to, you know, in terms of history than Daddy versus Haystacks. No, no, so we're covering some really, uh, really pivotal stuff there. But before we did that, we were covering legitimately one of the hardest men that ever lived, one David Tank Abbott. And if you go to the Twitter for that, at UTT Tank, you can still get some hashtag Tank Facts. They will never die. Such as, Tank Abbott doesn't use Google to answer questions. Tank Abbott already knows the answers. It's true, he does. He knows all. They say that sharks have to keep moving or they'll die. The real reason they keep moving is that they're trying to avoid Tank Abbott. Because he can hold his breath for three weeks at a time and he will find them and punch them all. And Tank Abbott eats gummy bears and shits out grizzly bears. (laughs) It's a very unique digestive system. It is indeed. It is indeed. So I'm not sure where we're going next time, but... uh, in the meantime, uh, thank you for listening. I guess I'm the caboose in this segment. Oh, uh, yeah. Curtis Lee with the founder of the Guardian Angels hanging outside here. Curtis, you're going to go down to the ring? Definitely. Just came out of the slime and grime of the subway. Heard that the nation of domination is in need of a serious attitude readjustment. Maybe they need to get a therapeutic back massage and be sucking some concrete. <laughs> back to you guys at ringside. Curtis Lee with thank you, man. Hey, how about that, huh? They should listen to. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you never can tell what's going to happen here in the World Wrestling Federation. That much is for certain. Todd Pengill all over the place. Oh, yeah. Penn Station again. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Amtrak, for allowing us to come to Penn Station live for Shotgun Saturday night. The Undertaker, Lance Hunter Hurst. That could very well have been his last match. And there he is, Hall of Famer, Pat Patterson, slot on Shotgun Saturday night. So long, everybody. See ya.